Welcome to the Serie A Show. Again, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the City A Show. Nima, Chloe, how are you two doing? Fine, thank you. I'm good. Uh, the, the, I've been keeping up with the Kardashians, so I'm pretty okay. <laughs> well, I, you know, we we could, I, you know, we could spend an entire show just <laughs> discussing not even the results. Maybe it's a I spin-off was... podcast that we could do. <laughs> yeah, exactly, the Kardashian <laughs> show. Uh, no, uh, I'm sick and tired. I, I am, and I have had it up to you know. I'm pointing to my head or above my head, about as far as I can reach, uh, with with this nonsense that these two put themselves and and subject the rest of us through. Um, and, I mean, the, 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 just to just to give people an understanding, yesterday she shared on Instagram for some god awful reason, for some some reason no human being knows. She shares a video of of burning photos of herself and. And then the entire social media sphere goes off on, are they getting a divorce? What's going on? What's happening? Some idiot makes some bullshit story up about how apparently in Argentina, this is uh, the day before someone's birthday. It's a tradition to burn their photos. No, it's not. (laughs) What are you you talking about? Like every single Argentinian on Twitter was, no, it's not. (laughs) It's just... I, I don't know. It's just it's just it's just it's such a low low bar. Like this is where we're at. Well, we will wait to depress you. Um, we'll give you a little bit of time to to sit back and maybe <laughs> digest uh, some other things. So it was another pretty decent round of fixtures. Um, we'll start at the top. Uh, Napoli and Torino. I don't even know how to explain how the ball did not end up in the back of the net. For Napoli, that was insane. They they had almost thirty shots. Yeah, it's it's insane. They played really well. I really want to give. Uh, in my opinion, this was the best performance. I thought in terms of how they played since Ancelotti took over. Uh, at least that's you know based on just how they played. Um, I thought they did everything right. They really did everything right, except they just somehow... It was like against the Fiorentina game, wasn't it? Like, it just seems they could not score, with the difference being that they didn't play well against Fiorentina, but played really well against Napoli. I said that they, they've hit the post 18 times this season, which is more than anybody else in Europe's top five leagues. So they, they, they've they been unlucky. Um, yeah. But I, also, um, Insigne and Mertens, uh, both of them have only scored one goal since the beginning of November. So they really need to get back scoring, I think. Uh, it's, you know, the fact that they've both dipped at the same time is a problem. Yeah, and what we saw was obviously an incredibly unlucky Napoli, but we saw Juve's lead at the top of the table further increase. They're now at the top, 23 wins, 3 draws, 0 losses, at 66 points, while Napoli sit at 53 points. So at the weekend, we had, again, Juve crushing Frosinone. We also had another interesting match. We had Atalanta-Milan. I have to say, of all the fixtures of the weekend, this one absolutely shocked me. The result, that is, because I believe it or not, I, I actually think Atalanta played fairly well. 
I thought they were really, really well. I, I was that the the the, the result, um, the final result does not reflect that game at all. I mean, Atalanta played excellent football throughout, um, and and Milan. But the thing is with Milan, um, to me, this was. I mean, I've said it on Twitter for quite a few, quite a long time now, and this this Milan has got this this as an Inter fan. It, I don't like this at all because this reminds me of the good Milan. This is this is a Milan that wins even though they don't play well. This is a Milan that 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 has players that can that although they're you know it's against the run of play and maybe they're on the pitch being outplayed, they bring out that extra class. You know, Chalanoglu's shot, his first Serie A goal, Piontek's equalizer. I mean. They have that extra quality uh, that Milan usually had back in the 90s and early noughties. That even when they were playing poorly, they got the result. And and this is the first time again. It's been it's, in a, it's been for like a couple of weeks that this 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 project reminds me of the old Milan in so many ways. I saw a few people say that actually, um, and I think. Atalanta, this this fixture was really so hard to call before before it started. Um, Atalanta have been absolutely flying, doing so well, and it, you know if I if I was really pushed, I would have to say that I probably would have gone for Atalanta. I would probably back them before the before the match kicked off. Um, but Milan, um, I think Gattuso said after the game that the team are now having fun and it actually looks like that. It, they look like they're enjoying their football and, you know, Piontek's uh, firing in the goals for fun. And, um, you know, what a big turnaround from before Christmas where they they just couldn't score and Iguain was misfiring and everyone had their heads down. Um, it really is incredible, the, the magic switch that's been flicked there. Agreed. Agreed. Um, no, I, I, I think uh, it wasn't just that. I, I, for me, it's like what was really symptomatic of, of this was was Chalanoglu. I mean, being a, you know the way he, I mean, he scores his first Serie A goal the week before. I think Milan. I can't remember who Milan were playing, but I remember watching that game, and he was. I think it was Cagliari. Yeah, it was Cagliari at home, um, and they were they were. Like he had so many chances, he was so desperate to score, and he just he looked like he was physically unable to put the ball into the back of the net. And then from nowhere, he pulls that absolutely screamer. Um, and and it just goes to show it's so symptomatic of how when when everything clicks for for someone uh, for a team, it all really clicks. And Gattuso, you gotta give credit. Uh, he's he's believed in Chalanoglu for such a long time. And talk about you know when you when you believe as 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 a you know his 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 tactical side uh, as a coach may not be that good, but as a psych you know his psychological game is is very strong because he he's built up this confidence and belief in this team. That 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 is really impressive, and I think they, Napoli, Inter, all the teams up there better watch out because Milan can really, you know, I'm I'm dreading the derby for the first time in a long time. There's actually a Milan player, and this Milan team is is making me nervous. I couldn't agree more. For as many faults as Rino may have as a tactician, I think as a man manager, he is absolutely superb and. I don't think that's highlight. You could highlight that anymore. Um, I'm sure many of you saw what Bakayoko said earlier in the week, how he essentially thanked Gattuso for resurrecting his career. And yeah. I, I think that's something. Speaking, you know, from from the viewpoint as a as a Roma supporter, I mean, that is what 
Eusebio Di Francesco does not have. He does not have that ability to 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 motivate the group to pull a little something extra out of them. And Nima, I couldn't agree more. That is exactly why this Milan, again, from a from a Roma supporter standpoint, they they terrify me because again. For all the faults that Gattuso may have from a tactical point of view, I think he has to do far better in that realm. But, I mean, he gets every ounce of energy and every ounce of passion out of this side. I think people underestimate the importance of that um, as a coach as well. I think mm. people don't realise that how, how much of playing well is psychological and mental and how the players need to feel good to play well and all that kind of stuff. Um, and and he, he's just got that he's just got that so right and you know at, at the moment it, he's just continuing to um defy all expectations yeah he's again he i think he took a lot of unnecessary stick earlier in the season um but he's certainly come on really really well so while milan are flourishing um nima <laughs> <laughs> Screw you. Uh, Screw you. <laughs> um, you know, I, I almost feel like we can make this sort of like a therapy session. I can sit back in my couch. Uh, I can let you talk. Um, whatever no, you've got to no, say. You, no, no, you need you need to like look at me and speak with like a southern accent, like like <laughs> Doctor Phil, and tell me how tell me how you really feel, Nima. Tell me how you really feel. Well, <laughs> how does that make I, you I, feel? <laughs> I, I I posed to you last week if. <laughs> If, you know, Inter could sort of get dragged into this race with Milan and Roma. And I have to say, all the drama aside, I thought that was an impressive result. Um, Particularly when you have all this um, off-the-pitch stuff happening. To go out and get a victory like that, I think, shows a lot of maturity. Again, not being a supporter of the side, I have to say, the team looked a lot happier, a lot more free. Um, almost carefree on the pitch without Icardi. So wherever you want to start this, I, I'll let you go. I, whatever well, direction you want to take I wanna, it. I want to start with exactly what you said. Uh, for me, I will, and the only addendum, because I, I agree with everything you said, and, and, and I have a few addendums. And number one is they looked like they supported Spalletti. They looked like they were behind Spalletti all the way. They played his football. I, I can't even remember the last time Inter had such a varied uh, attack. It wasn't just the classic crosses and inshallah that they used to do with with Icardi. Basically, cross and pray to God. No, this was this was a this. There was movement. There was intelligence. There was creativity. There they looked. They were passionate. They looked like they cared. They looked happy. Um, they they played like a team. They they for for the first time in a very very long time and not fragmented. Um, and and this you know this goes to show that. Uh, I mean, if you take this together with everything else that Marotta has said, that um, everyone else has said from the club, the decision to remove the captaincy from Icardi was more than just a removal of the, you know, removing of of the captaincy. It was a, it was a very important f- foot that they put down, saying some things are not acceptable, uh, and and you have to you have to adapt to to the group. Um, and according to Marotta. Um, you know, this was a this was a decision that Inter didn't make alone. This was a decision made together with the coach, together with the players, and with the director. So this was like a completely um, th- this was a this was a unanimous decision, almost if you will. It, it was it wasn't something they just thought of, uh, and that's why the team reacted as well as it did. 
Um, and that tells you everything you need to know, um, that the, the, that there has been issues with Icardi. I mean, Perisic looked better than I've, and, and happy to play football for the first time since the World Cup final. Uh, Nainggolan, you know, he, we know why he struggled. He, he, he's been cutting down his, his nightclub hours from 5 a.m. to 2, so that's given some, <laughs> uh, you know, so, but, but whatever. But, but other than that, it's just, it just goes to show that the, the problem has been not him as a person, but the fact that every, you know, as a leader, as a captain, you cannot have your wife go on TV and say stuff like, if I were to choose between a new contract and having Icardi get five good passes a game, I'd choose the latter. You know, it's you can't say things like that. Especially if she was just your wife, then fine. You know, then you, but she, you, she's your agent. You've chosen her to be your agent, and you've and you've doubled down saying that she, you back her in everything she does. As a captain, you cannot do that without that having ramifications and repercussions, and and that's what it had. And and, and I was worried going into this game that maybe, you know, this would have dramatic repercussions, uh, and and that this was something that the that came from above. But it was clear that everyone is behind this from the from the groundskeeper all the way up to the CEO. Everyone was on board behind this decision, and I gotta say. Spalletti, Nainggolan, everyone after the game, the way they said, you know, they're they're willing to move past this. You know, you're welcome back into the fold whenever. Um, you're one of us. Uh, that that basically shows that look, this is professional. We're professionals. You you went you were out of line. We 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 step we set down the foot. We lay down the rules. The rest is up to you. Nima, can I can I just ask you, do you think, um, obviously last season, a really, really high percentage of Inter's goals came from Icardi. And do you think taking him out of the team um, in a way helps them because they're not, they're not, um, you know, because they were so geared up to helping Icardi to score. And then if he didn't score, Inter struggled to score because there was no other plan. Do you think now that he's, out of the team, that they've got a little bit more flexibility to play a bit more of a free game. Absolutely, I think that's a. I mean, that's something that Spalletti has has been very clear since taking over. That yeah, Icardi is a fantastic striker, but you know we have to. Everyone has to score, not just Icardi. Uh, and and the fact, I mean, there's there's been this kind of thing where since Icardi, I mean, let's be honest, Icardi has been has been Inter's. Uh, leading star during the most difficult and dark period of the club's modern history. I mean, when you have a team of Dodo Pires, John, which I know you love, uh, <laughs> and you have Nagatomo on the other wing, and in between them you have Juan Jesus, and you have, uh, you know, you have Schelotto, and you have, you know, you have all, the, you have Kuzmanovic as your regista, you know, and you have a guy that consistently scores, you know, he he's saved Inter, and it's not so. You know, it's been completely correct that they've played for him. But now that that period has passed, and the transition between going from FC Icardi to Inter being Inter and Icardi being a a, a spice in that soup to make it good, that's what we're seeing now because um, they've been too dependent on him. And and I mean I mean when you see what Latauro does the flick-ons the the when he meets the ball in the build-up play the the fantasy they have um, that just goes to show that you know this is where they need to go if, if and Icardi needs to adapt if he wants to stay personally I don't think he will and that's why I've said on this show so many times since we started that I think he's out in the summer because I don't think that he will 
A, I don't think, I think they will, I think he can understand and apologize. I, I don't see a problem there because he's a, he's a football professor. He's a professional. He understands all of that. Uh, that you know, he, he, he does see at the end of the day that when his agent and wife says stuff like that, uh, such as, you know, uh, I don't know if these lies about uh, Mauro come from inside or outside the club. You know, when she says stuff like that, you know, like she did li- like two Sundays ago, you know, when you say things like that, he's not stupid. He knows that that's going to have repercussions. Um, and uh, so, so I think I don't I don't see a problem with him. Uh, you know, recon- the, the the reconciliation between him and the dressing room until the end of the season. Uh, I, I don't see a problem there, but I don't see him not, you know, accepting not being uh, the god that he's been up until now. Hmm. Well, your two sides face each other at the weekend. Yes, it is. What are we expecting there? Um, yes. Now, Chloe, it's in Florence. What... Fiorentina are you expecting and Nima again I, you know they have to avoid getting themselves dragged down with Roma and Milan can they avoid that because Milan and Roma have two very simple fixtures at the weekend in my opinion so should they drop points um, they could be right in the thick of it with, with again Roma and Milan well First of all, I do hope it's a good game because I'm actually going. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I hope it's a good one. I, I went to that, that fixture in uh, 2014 and Fiorentina won 3-0. So maybe that's maybe that's a good omen. But Stay at we'll home. See. Stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> do not go. You're not leaving the UK. Hey, the UK, when is Brexit anyway? You're not, you're not allowed into Europe anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sneaking out quick before it happens. <laughs> um, no, I, I, Fiorentina, um, they played okay at the weekend. Um, yeah, they, it was uh, a strange game. We might as well address the Strange doesn't begin to... I, yeah. I don't even know what that was. No. But... So I guess at some point this with the VAR system in place, this was going to come up. So for those who didn't see it, um, basically, uh, Fiorentina had an attack. Uh, Federico Chiesa um, went down sort of under a challenge uh, near the touchline. Um, and I think by the time it had happened, the, the, the spell had started the counterattack. So the referee had perhaps turned away, which is the only way I can see that he didn't see it. Uh, so Spal go down the other end and they score, legitimate goal, no problem with that. And I, I thought it was very nice, actually, that the, the guy who scored went to celebrate with a ball boy. Um, but then, all of a sudden, the referee's in his ear and he's been told to go and look at the VAR for the, fa- the f- supposed foul on Chiesa, the potential foul on Chiesa. Uh, he goes to look at the VAR and... Um, he decides that it was, in fact, a penalty on Chiesa. And so the play is brought back and Spal's goal is cancelled out. So the score goes from 2-1 to Spal, back to 1-1. Fiorentina have a penalty, they score, and then all of a sudden, within the space of a couple of minutes, it's then 2-1 to Fiorentina, which is an incredible situation to happen in a game. And I have to say, if I... If I was a Spal supporter, I would have been absolutely furious. If that had been my team, you know, I would have been 
furious and you know my the, the stuff that my notifications on social media and stuff were going crazy with people really really mad um that that VAR was sort of spoiling the game in the way that it stops Spouse scoring a legitimate goal. But I suppose this was always going to happen, that if there was an incident and there was going to be a breakaway, then this was always going to come up at some point where a team had scored and then the play got pulled back. Um, so I think it's something that needs thinking about and addressing because it doesn't... Although it's in the rules, it doesn't really seem fair on the opposition. I don't know what you two think. Yeah, I mean, this was always bound to happen at some point. So I'm I'm sort of glad that it happened a bit earlier in the tenure of VAR being in City A because I do think it needs to be addressed. Frankly, I don't have an answer as to what the correct application would be of this rule. Um, in fairness, Spal, after the match, everybody was pretty um, healthy in the way they accepted it. Um, so... I can understand being diplomatic about it, but if it were me, as you said, Chloe, I would be yeah. infuriated because, again, um, is... in your mind, that's still a rightful goal. No, I don't know. But like, look, what do you I think? Mean, for me, it's the problem again. Is is that it takes too long for them to stop it? Like, when you have that situation, it, this this is what annoys me: the fact that the referees wait until the ball is played into touch, so they have a look and talk with the, with the VAR. I don't like that. Uh, you know, now we saw exactly what, as, as you said, John, I'm glad this happened as well, because the, this is, you know, this this has been brewing for a long time. I think that when there is a VAR shout like that, um, uh, stop the game. I'm sorry, like there is no, like if there is a, ch- you know, or if you don't want to stop the game, you can you can give each team a challenge or something because it becomes pretty bizarre that the, the team counters and scores and then not only do they lose their goal, they get a penalty awarded against them. <laughs> I mean, talk about getting a drop kick to the groin. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It becomes farcical. And unless, and I understand they need time to look through it, the referee, etc. But there is no issue here. When there is the, that kind of a VAR situation, a penalty, and I'm talking about like penalty situations, Stop the game for thirty seconds. I mean, better that than what than, than the farce we saw. We saw yeah, uh, absolutely, Ferrara, because uh, it, it just becomes ridiculous. I mean, as I said, think about think about that. You think about this. You're you're a spectator in Ferrara watching that game. You're celebrating a goal, and not only is your goal taken back, but but you get a penalty called against you as well. I mean. People must be wondering if 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 they're on if they're on some sort of like candid camera comedy show. I mean, it just makes zero sense. Um, and this is this is this is this is they need to fix this. Yeah, because it's going to make people dismiss VAR in general. It's going to exactly. make you know all of the comments I was getting was that you see this is useless. This VAR system. This is why it shouldn't be allowed. And you know, Premier League supporters saying this is why we don't want it in the Premier League. Well, actually, no. The you know, it is working, but this situation is obviously set a precedent and it's something that we all agree needs to be reviewed. But it doesn't mean that VAR in itself is bad. Um, no. But no, you can't, you can't have situations like that. Any any supporter of any club would be absolutely furious. And, 
in, yeah, insane if, if they, yeah, I mean, who wouldn't be? I mean, think about, think if this happened in a derby, I'd be yeah. touching the place down. I mean, the, if the San Siro would burn if this happened uh, to either of these t- sides at the uh, at the derby. I mean, think about well, it. Well, there's I mean, already it's... enough controversy in Italy, isn't there? And enough <laughs> the conspiracy I mean, theories and everything. If this happened in a Rome derby, you would have to evacuate the stadium. <laughs> I mean, the the military would have to be called in. It would be a disaster. I mean, they would they would they would attack the pitch. I mean, you know that. I mean, think about it. I mean, if this happened in like a like a Genoa Samp derby. I mean, if this happened in Sicily. I mean, this, this, I mean the VAR is good. Just stop using it like idiots. They use it properly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still relatively new, so we have to defend the referees in that regard. But you know, even not. In reference to this specific episode, the thing that confuses me most about VAR is the inconsistency as to when an episode is being reviewed as to versus when it's not reviewed. The lack of clarity is the thing that bothers me most. I don't know what you guys think about mm. that, but that's the, At the end that of the day. Um, football's a spectator sport, and you know, <laughs> there's no point making VAR like a cloak and dagger thing. You know, like, oh well, we're not going to tell you what our procedures are. We're just going to, you know, review it, and it's it's nothing to do with you. We're the referees. It's everything to do with the supporters and for the people who are watching on TV at home. They need to know what's going on. Otherwise, it does it does destroy the enjoyment. Well, maybe not destroy, but it does lessen the enjoyment when, you know, well, well what's happening? Is it being valid or is it not? Or, you know, th- th- there are lots of things that they could use to make it much clearer. Absolutely. The the inconsistency thing is something we can talk, you know, we can apply to the entire country of Italy, I would say. I mean, when it when it comes to like how one thing is interpreted that one way and then in a similar situation as something else is and and then you have the whole Italian, you know, mentality of you know, have to remember this is the country where Niccolo Machiavelli is from. So, you know, you have the whole conspiracy theory, some of it nonsense, some of it very true. So, you know, it's part of the dynamic, but but this there's no need to overcomplicate it. Just apply it as clearly as transparent and consistent and possible as possible. And then you'll get away from 90% of, of, of the nonsense. But when they, they don't do themselves any favors, that's the problem. No. They create, they, they put themselves in potholes and, and they don't need to. No, and I'd be curious as to what you two would think about this, but I would love, and I don't know why they haven't done this, but I I suggested doing this after Roma Inter after they when they met. When was that? In November or December? Early December, um, and there was that clear penalty um, that wasn't even reviewed by VAR, which I was entirely confused by. I don't know why they don't try and implement this. I would love to see what you guys think. But what if they had referees meet with the media? It doesn't have to be um, the entire media, get a media representative from each club and allow them to ask questions to these referees and make them responsible for the decisions that they make. Because that's the part that, again, Chloe, the, the lack of transparency, that's the part that bothers me most. Yeah, I think I think that's a good idea. It, it, it It's... Um, it was people, if you say like a media representative from each club, it's not like a big mob attacking the referee. It's something that's um, respectful just to find out the decision of the referee and then it can at least then be communicated and maybe 
people would understand what had happened a little bit more. And it also makes the referees more accountable for their actions. Because... And not, sorry, so, but not only that, it makes them also more human. Yeah. Like, this, right, this right. problem, exactly as you say, both of you are kind of alluding to, is the fact that, look, let them explain themselves. There's nothing wrong with transparency and communication. It's this silent treatment that people, that, that's when people feel that they're being talked over, that they're talking over their heads, that they're being talked down to. And then you have these conspiracy theories. Let, exactly like you say, you know, let, let me, it makes them more accountable. It makes everyone else not feel like everything is being done behind closed doors and no one knows anything. I mean, what is wrong with that? I'll never understand it. And, you know, for the match that I referenced for Roma Inter, uh, it was Gianluca Rocchi oh. is infamous for going against Roma. I mean, in 2014, 2015, they will never forget the match against Juventus at the Juventus Stadium. Um, some of the decisions that he made. I mean, this poor guy, anytime he was spotted in Rome at the airport, Fiumicino, I mean, he could not show his face. He would have fans chanting at him. In the airport, in the actual airport, he's with his family, and you have supporters chanting at him. Um, it's instances like that where it's like, okay, allow this guy to explain himself, and if he's got if he's gotten it wrong, give him the opportunity to say, I've gotten it wrong. I think that's where, whether we want to accept it or not, I mean, human error has been a part of this sport for forever. Absolutely. Yeah, and it still will be, even with VAR. There's still, you know, people... You could line up five or more referees and show them the same incident, and they might not all make the same judgment. There is a little bit of um, difference between pe the way people see things, even though they're all applying yeah. the same rules. And th there's always going to be that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when you talk of Rocky, you can't talk of Gianluca Rocchi to Inter fans without they going crazy too. I mean, this was a this was a referee that was banned from 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 officiating Inter games after a series of of horrible, shocking games uh, for Inter. Uh, I mean, the derby against Milan, two thousand ten. Uh, the, the, I remember, I mean, the Rocky, but he's improved. I mean, if you read Ibrahimovic's book, uh, the the reaction Mancini has when he finds out that Rocky is going to be uh, the referee in the Parma decide in the Scudetto deciding game against Parma is, is is absolutely hilarious. I mean, his reaction is that sob always <laughs> is always against us. Is Mancini's reaction uh, that sob is always against us? And and I mean, so so I mean, it, it creates more drama. And then obviously him being photographed with a with a Juventus um, with a Juventus bag. Somebody saying it was him at the time. Uh, he denied it. You know. So so again, it's Italy. We love this. I love this stuff. I, I absolutely eat it. You know, this is part of the league. This is Italy. I, I love the the paranoia. I absolutely love sitting in the cafes, listening <laughs> to people just yeah. raising their hands. You know, yeah, you guys yeah. know what I'm talking about. I've, I've lived in, you know, we have, you, you know, this is this is part of the culture. It's absolutely beautiful, and I hope it never changes. But there are ways to keep it just to to having a crazy guy at the bar, uh, you know, gesturing and making up stuff. Uh, and they can help themselves by, by, by minimizing the nonsense. And they're not doing that right now. Because the more silence there is from them, the more people will fill that themselves. You know, why not just be clear? And then it cuts down the need for people to invent their own scenarios. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. So are you both feeling good then for your respective sides getting a result at the weekend? 
Because I, I don't know who to pick because, frankly, yeah. I mean, Chloe, um, I mean, after that weird episode, I mean, Fiorentina, they just put their foot on the gas and didn't yeah. look back. No, they were, um, they were good. And Simeone was good, which was a real positive, I thought. Um, after he's, you know, been out of form for such a while. Um, well, I, th- I think, I, I'm sure and, um, Nima will agree with me that Inter, uh, games between Fiorentina and Inter are usually high-scoring affairs. Really are, really um, So we could, yeah, we could see we could see some goals. Yeah, I think. Uh, the thing is, I, I, I'm not going to be a hypocrite about this. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind that I playing Fiorentina right now away at Florence, a place where Inter have struggled historically, um, and a place where, you know, and, and given how he, he, right now Fiorentina are scoring goals for fun, um, they look so fluid in attack. Um, th- this, this is going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, how it's going to end, I, I think Fiorentina are the favourites because now it, it seems that he's, Pioli's got them playing. He's got them in that zone. and Because when Pioli gets it right... Uh, Pioli's biggest problem, in my opinion, in his career has been that he can't maintain this form for a long period of time. When he when he gets it right, his teams for three four games thrash everyone. They you know they, Roma seven one, Atalanta seven one. Um, they you know they just destroy everyone. But it, this is a short spurt. It goes on for three four games. And then they fall, and then they 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 they, they seem to fall apart uh, almost uh, as a reaction to it. Um, I I think Fiorentina are right in the middle of this of the fiol of the Pioli high, uh, and and that's why I think Inter better watch out. I like <laughs> the Pioli high. Yeah, the Pioli high. <laughs> no, it, it really is. His, his career at Lazio was the same thing. I mean, they were unbeatable for three, four, five games, and and then they could lose and five nil all of a sudden, like. Yeah, I think I think I can I can see that you know they they have been inconsistent and they do seem to be reaching a good a good period of form. But I think with Fiorentina, there's there's although we have had results versus Inter in the past, you know, there's always a fear that when you play one of these sort of traditionally bigger teams, uh, Inter, Roma, Milan, Juve, you know, they, there's always the chance that you will lose, and, and you know. It could be a heavy loss. You, there's always that chance there, I think. Um, but I, I think it really should be an interesting game. Oh, it will be. Um, it definitely will be, and it will be a really fun game to watch um, when you're there because it's going to be it's going to be action packed. Um, I, I think there's going to be so much going on, uh, a lot going on. Uh, I think uh, the, the VAR. I think was it five four last yeah, season or something? Yeah, I think, I think it was like last that. season. Yeah, five four. Yeah. Yeah, it is yeah. crazy. <laughs> These games are really good. I mean, I remember my when I watched uh, it was this was back in two thousand one, two thousand no two thousand two thousand one season, which uh, which uh, John will remember fondly. Um, but uh, it was um, it was um, that season the Roma won the Scudetto with Capello. Uh, I remember watching. I was there. I watched uh, Fiorentina won two nil. Rui Costa scored the first goal and Chiesa, no, Chiesa scored the first goal and Rui Costa scored the second, but Bobo Vieri scored the most beautiful goal I have ever seen live on a football pitch, <laughs> but it was disallowed for a non-existence offside. It was a 30, that, that's when you wish you had the VAR, because... I was going to say, where was the yeah, VAR? Where was the VAR? Because, I mean, Recoba, Recoba <laughs> hits a 30-yard cross diagonal pass, which Vieri hits on the volley directly into the 
into the into the into the cro- into the goal like up high to the to the right corner it was gorgeous toldo had no chance and i was seated so well so i could see like just just the the trajectory of the ball it was beautiful uh, so no, and it is that stadium too is is such a when it's packed, which it will be. It's a Sunday night game. Um, it, it is a lovely place to visit. It's a really really nice place to visit. The atmosphere is amazing, and I got to give a shout out to that old Fiorentina song. I love it. I'm in love with that song. The one they run out to.
No. <laughs> what are you talking about? And, but yeah. by creating that culture of we're the victims and by creating that culture of blaming external things and passing the book and all that, that, that team was always going to have a moment where they were on the downward slide. You know, that that approach is, is never going to sustain long term because um, – it it just it just won't have the staying uh, staying power if you if you're that bitter about everything and the players themselves will then start to blame other things and not take responsibility or accountability for their performances and I think that's why um, latterly we've seen uh, things tail off I know they've had a lot of injuries and things like that but I actually think I think they'll go out of the Europa League to Sevilla. Um, I think Milan will beat them in the Coppa Italia, and I don't think they'll qualify for the Champions League either. I think I, do, I just think that their their run has now under Inzaghi has now come to an end. Yeah, it really looks like it's at the end. I agree with you. And on the flip side, Genoa, um, despite selling Piontek, uh, Antonio Sanabria, the former Roma attacker, another goal. That's three and four for him after having just arrived a few weeks ago. Um, Shocking, really. I, I never thought that he had that in him. Um, so good for them. Good for Genoa. I think Prandelli is, is doing a good job so far, though. No, no. I think I think yeah. Prandelli at, at Genoa is is, a, is such an interesting project to see. And the way that uh, they had the way that Prandelli had built up the team going into this game against Lazio, saying, you know, our, this is a season-defining moment for us. Um, it's it's really uh, it's it's looking. Um, it's looking really good, but you got to give something. There's something about the scouting in the city of Genoa because both of, both Sampdoria and Genoa seem to be getting it right a lot often, you know, off, uh, the, the, like right now. Like with with Sanabria, he just looks per- perfect as the re- re- replacement for Piontek. Piontek himself, and, and that's not you know not even talking about Sampdoria with with all these players they find these Berezinskis, the Skriniars, the Andersons. You know all these players. Uh, I think the, the scouting at the, in in that city is is really interesting, and they both have really interesting projects as well. And it's good because I I don't want to see Genoa and Sampdoria in the in the top top ten teams. I want I want them to be there because I you know these are classic Serie A teams, and that derby is 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 uh, is a special special game, and it's probably the most heated derby. Um, in in Italy, if you look at like in terms of the city rivalry, it's it's very very heated. It's 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 up up there with Rome, definitely. Yeah, if 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 you are ever in Italy and you get the chance to visit the Ferraris, I mean, in, in just in pure terms of atmosphere, I mean that place is just yeah, beautiful. It's amazing to soak in. It's an absolutely beautiful and amazing atmosphere. The General Museum so, as well, I, I really I recommend. recommend it. It's absolutely full of history, yes, and it's yes. right on the beautiful harbour side. So, if anybody's visiting, I think they should definitely check that out. Yeah. Um, so Chloe, one of our um, one of our wonderful listeners asked us to explain that Agista. They did. So, why do you want to take that away and yeah explain? Because again, um, I saw it at the at the weekend again, um, especially in with our, our good friend Maurizio Sarri. Um, essentially, I don't know if he's been any closer to the sack at Chelsea as he is now. Uh, <laughs> It it looks like this could be the end. Um, and it, it's frustrating because we all said the same thing. It's going to take some time to implement his system. Anyone who's watched City A consistently would agree with that assessment. So 
to see where it is now, it's a bit unfortunate. But anyway, yeah, I, I feel like especially with the Premier League fans, the term Regista is just thrown around without much. Well, yeah, because um, I think I mentioned last week on the show that uh, Rio Ferdinand had, had queried why Jorginho wasn't getting any assists. Well, that's not that's not what the Regista is there for. The Regista is literally a, a deep-lying playmaker. For anybody who watched Andrea Pirlo play, he's the atypical Regista. Um, and he he sits in front of the defence, he, he gets the ball, and basically he passes it accurately to somebody further forward, like a metronome, keeps the play flowing nicely and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's... That's Jorginho's role. It's not to um, it's not to get forward and score goals. It's not to um, make tackles. You know, they it, in Napoli's system they had Alan to win the ball back and then give it to Jorginho, who would then distribute it properly. So, for for me, that's um, that's that's what people should understand when when they talk about the regista role. Yeah, and I, I know when you mentioned Andrea Pirlo, um, for for a lot of those in England, they only discovered him in 2012. Well, he actually did. Exi- <laughs> he believe it, um, believe it or not, before Euro 2012, um, Andrea Pirlo was actually a still very yeah. top quality player. And I, I know he didn't exist mm-hmm. until then, but um, I'm sure there's some YouTube <laughs> highlights out there um, about what he did before before Euro 2012. Absolutely. Um, but uh, Chloe, you're spot on, and you know, again, this term is just thrown out, and, and it's like, you know, I swear, a lot of people don't even know what it means. I, you know, Daniele Derossi, a lot of people don't think he's a regista, but he is. He's a regista. Um, I mean, I, I'd have to look, but I don't think he's ever grabbed more than four or five assists in a season his entire career. You're spot on. It is not the 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 role of the regista is not to get assist. It's to dictate the play. So to again to just seeing it thrown around so casually without any real um, meaning behind it is just frustrating. Yeah, incredibly frustrating. And and you can see from the difference that De Rossi is making when he is coming into Roma's team at the moment that even. At his age, he is, he's still, that role is still very important in, in a side and, um, especially in Italian teams. I actually saw, um, I think it was, Ke- oh yeah, Kevin Campbell on Sky Sports News today. And he was like, he was saying, oh, um, oh, well, Maurizio Sarri, yeah, he, he can do it in Serie A, but it's a totally different thing when you come to the Premier League. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> actually, no. <laughs> actually no Serie A is the most tactical league um, you know it, it's so tactical and to say that is such an ignorant comment and you know I'm sure our listeners who, who follow Serie A and enjoy it can, can understand that um, and you know the 20 out of 20 of the coaches in the league are Italian they've all been properly trained at Coverciano they've all done a thesis on tactics it, <laughs> It's not. It's not. It's not on. It's not. It's just not say, Larry just saying, "Go out there and have some fun." No, you know, what I mean? <laughs> wasn't it yeah. Von said that about Red Map that we don't have. We don't have that. We don't have that. Our, our tactical discussions aren't that deep. <laughs> it was his diplomatic way of saying it. it was basically Uncle Larry saying, "Go out there and have some fun." 
I mean, come on. Everybody knows that Coverciano. I mean, Benitez, I mean, whatever you think about uh, Rafa Benitez, he's one of the best coaches in, in uh, the past 20 years in terms of tactical ability and knowledge. And he was he was coached, he was he was educated at Coverciano. Uh, I mean, the Coverciano has the best, uh, you know, it, it's, it's world-renowned for its coaching, uh, you know, courses. And uh, come on, it just, it's, it, the Prem faces, you know, they're funny at times. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, to see these, I, I mean, I even see, you know, Mediano, Prima Punta. I mean, you see all these, I, I, it's like the football hipsters, like you, they can't just say it in English, so they got to say the Italian meaning, but no. they don't know what it means. So then it's, it's, it completely defeats the purpose of it. But nonetheless, um, Chloe, spot on with, with what you were saying. Um, so to move on from, from there. We have an interesting race going on in City A for the top four. Well, for the final three, four, maybe fifth places. Um, obviously, these next two to three weeks, I think, are going to be very important. They're going to define, I think, a lot of what we see, how it ultimately shapes up. Um, what are you guys thinking? Who ultimately ends up in those Champions League places? Um Nima, I, I feel like it's so hard to judge Inter right now without knowing what is going to happen with this Icardi situation. And by the way, do you think this injury that he had that was very uh, convenient, by the way, uh, you gotta, you, very convenient. Uh, you the, the, timing was, the timing was impeccable. Um, will the fairy godmother heal him just as quickly as she cursed um, him? I, I, I got to say, I mean, basically what's been almost confirmed is that he has, he's, had, he's had an inflammation in his right knee, or I think, yeah, right knee, and he's been, playing through the, he's been playing through the pain. But since this happened, he no longer wants to do that and wants to fully recover. Uh, I mean, what we do, what we... <laughs> ah, it, it, it swelled yeah, up no, a lot no, this last week. Been going That's, on for quite a wow. It was, uh, it was, um, it was basically this is what happened. Um, but, but because what's happened is that uh, he Inter have, have are going to, he's going to have a, like a full on medical, uh, like he's going to have a full on medical medical um, examination tomorrow. Uh, Inter have decided uh, to do that, um, and uh, in order to, to 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 see what they want to do with this, in order to also be able to treat him. Um, but uh, no, as I said last week, um, in, in you know, one human year is fourteen. Uh, it's like it's like it's like one human year is seven dog years. Well, one human year is twenty five <laughs> Inter years. So you know, when we when we did the show last week, Icardi's had has hadn't even lost his captaincy, and that felt like it was a I month know ago it's that crazy that, and I it's thought like... back, I thought back to the last show, and I thought this hadn't even happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, it hasn't. Um, so it, it, you know, that, that's 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 Inter for you right there. But no, I I got to be honest with you. I think that um, with I, I think Inter will will be able to get the top into the top four. I, I do think that. But when it comes to the other teams, uh, I think right now it's uh, advantage Milan. I didn't think so. I had Milan coming sixth at the beginning of the season, but. 
you know that January transfer market. Um, I mean, in Italy they 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 usually call it the mercato dei contorni, or the, <laughs> the 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 transfer the transfer window of the of like the side dishes uh, or the comp, uh, condiments. But that's really not what happened with Milan. Piontek was was the main thing. Uh, he was a he was a full on uh, main course. Um, but and, and that completely changed their season around and, and Paqueta, Paqueta has, has, has turned out to be absolutely fantastic so no I, I, I gotta change it uh, for me it's Milan fourth Inter third Napoli second Juve first of course and then uh, Roma fifth and uh, Atalanta Atalanta sixth I agree with you completely Nima from one to six I think I was gonna say I was I fancied Atalanta to sneak into fourth, but actually now looking at Milan and their confidence, I think I think it is going to be the two Milan clubs and and probably Roma fifth and Atalanta sixth, like you said. Um, I think that to have both Milan clubs in the Champions League again will be really good um, for the league. Uh, I think um, I think it draws in a lot of Absolutely. interest from elsewhere. Um, from foreign shores and um you know we we all want Serie A to flourish as a league and I, I do think that you know um the the sort of the throwback element to having both Milan clubs in the Champions League is is something that can't really be underestimated in that sense so sorry John but <laughs> yeah sorry because I think for your sake you need to get rid of Di Francesco because this isn't working um, and and if he stays past this season with 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 the level, I mean, where where the squad is in terms of age and also uh, it seems it seems so fract fractioned. Um, I think you need you're you're standing on a crossroads there, and if you stick with Di Francesco, you know, <laughs> you're in trouble. Well, before we sign off, due to me being extremely triggered. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I yeah, that completely killed my train of thought. I'm just sorry about that. Uh, sorry, I didn't hey, mean that's, to. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Um, Nima, you have an announcement as far as a little contest goes. Yeah, um, it's for um, all the Seria show uh, listeners. Uh, we're doing a little like a giveaway contest with uh, the North Curve on Twitter. So you got to be on Twitter if you want to do this. Um, basically tomorrow, uh, you know, we're recording the show. It's a Wednesday. It's it's a Tuesday uh, evening, uh, Central European time. We'll be putting this out at the same time as we put out the episode on Twitter. Uh, uh, so basically, what's going to happen is the North Curve uh, at the North Curve. They do classic retro vintage football shirt designs printed on handmade cushions, um, and they've got some really cool Serie A ones. And basically, to to join to uh, to win to win this, you have to follow both accounts. Maybe meaning follow both the North Curve at the North Curve and this at the Serie A show. And you also have to retweet the tweet that we put out um, uh, tomorrow uh, from the Serie A show handle. And then uh, on Sunday, uh, we'll be uh, announcing the winner. I uh, know we'll be selecting the winner and getting in touch. And then on Monday, we'll be announcing the winner uh, as well. So it's, uh, it's a little giveaway thing we're doing with the North Curve. Uh, check out that we'll be putting out so their designs as well. Uh, they're doing really, they're doing some really cool stuff. So have a look. Perfect. All right, everybody. Well, it was a, uh, we're certainly not going to be able to top this week in terms of drama. This was, um, th this is the best thing about City A. Regardless of what the product is like on the pitch, you can always count 
on one of these beautiful storylines to come up at least once every month or so. So, uh, Nima, on behalf of every other uh, supporter of a City Yacht Club, I'd I would just like to thank you and, and Inter <laughs> for um, for delivering um, thank you. some great talking points to us. So uh, we will leave it there, everybody. And until next week, we will talk to you then. Take care. Ciao.